Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. First time in a long time, but hello and welcome to a Tuesday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, it almost feels like a holiday. It almost feels like Christmas. It almost feels like New Year's, or it almost feels like whatever holiday you love celebrating and enjoying because Villanova basketball is back tonight, barring any chaos or any shenanigans from now until tonight's 9 p.m. tip-off. The Cats are finally back. It's wild to think that it has been so long, or it has been almost a month since their last game, and we know how great they looked against the Marquette Golden Eagles on December 23rd. It took a little longer than we wanted, but they did what they had to do. Back from two back-to-back COVID pauses, and finally, just finally, we can finally, 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 finally see them take on those Pirates tonight, play some real basketball, and we have something good to watch. Yeah, thank God they're back, man. It's nice to watch some uh, some other sports now with football kind of winding down. But I'm glad the team seems to be okay. You know, they beat, they beat COVID and were able to fight it off. Everything seems to be in check. Jay obviously fought it off, and I believe a couple of other coaching staff members. So glad they're all okay and in good health now. And that's what's most important. But also, of course, this game against Seton Hall is at 9 o'clock. You, you couldn't start it at 7. That leaves it like an extra like two-hour window for like things to go awry. And knowing <laughs> how this, these past few weeks have been going, uh, I, I'd rather them – can we just do it at like 1 o'clock? Like why, why do we have to wait till 9? Can we just get this game underway? It's uh, a little nerve-wracking. I'll believe it when I see it when uh, Villanova's back. I know. I was talking to a few people about it today, and – I was like, man, I can't wait for them to finally play again. Like, it's going to be great. And, of course, you had that one person who was like, if they play. And I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. No more bad juju. Like, I feel like <laughs> this has got to be it. Like, third time's a charm. No more COVID pauses. We did more than enough than we needed to. I just can't believe that it had lasted this long. I think because of that, I think we're going to take whatever game comes, we're going to cherish it a lot more. Like, we're not going to take it for granted. We're not going to assume things anymore. I remember early in the season when people were going a little bonkers about Villanova going a little too crazy in Bubbleville. Obviously, it paid off because we still need to hit that 13-game threshold. Chris, I know we're going to want to win, but honestly, I-, I hate to sound like that weirdo, but it's a win being back on the court. It's a win being back on the court. Yeah, you say that now, but just wait until they go out there and <laughs> oh, no. break their first five threes and you start getting a little aggravated. 
But no, I, I agree with you in the sense that it is nice to finally have the mech out there, and we'll cherish it a little bit more than maybe in the past. Because like you said, I remember like, like back in November around Thanksgiving, everyone was complaining, oh, we're playing too many games. Now we're not playing any games. So let's, let's just be happy they're back out there. And, you know, maybe in years past, a Tuesday night 9 o'clock start would aggravate me because that is very late. I have a bedtime. I want to get up in the morning and go do things. I have to get to work the next day, you know? But, you know, it just they ha- since they haven't played in a month and it's a different time, it would, uh, it's, it'll be nice to watch them again. Yeah, they definitely lost a lot of games, and I know right now the scheduling is a little crazy, but let's just hear from Jay on what it's like to be back, and let's see what he has to say about it. I'm the happiest guy in the world today. It was so – it was – just a thrill to be back on the court today. Amazing. Like right now, amazing. I, I'm, these guys um, impress me so much with their resiliency. And one of the things we have learned each time we've go, gone through this quarantine, you know, if we ever had to do this again, you know, what do you learn? The day you get hit, the day the positive tests hit you and you know what's coming, it, that those first couple days are just devastating because you know what's coming, you know, sitting alone in your room. It's, it's horrifying. It really is. And then as you get towards the end of that, like, like yesterday, the day before they knew, like we only got two more days, everyone, everyone's like getting so excited. You know, it, it's the range of emotions and it's happened each time for us. Now this is our third time. And then when the, the day you get back on the court is just, you know, it's like the first day of practice of the season. Everyone's so excited. It's like back in the day when you could practice on October 15th and it was that first day and you were so excited. That's what you're like again. So at least that part we learned if we are going to do that again. Chris, it's great. It's great that they're back. One thing that I do credit the team and, and Jay sharing is it's nice to hear that Somehow, some way, I mean, they handled a lot better than I would. They're very positive, still very upbeat, still staying focused, still trying to get ready for that first game whenever it would come. Obviously, they had to cancel that UConn game as well. That was kind of another bummer during the COVID pause. But ideally, tonight, we're finally here, that first game back. And they've been able to stay hungry. They've been able to stay composed and ready. And like I said, Chris, you know, when this quarantine first happened, I'm not even talking about – we're not athletes. We don't have sports pauses. But when it first hit in March, I think I snacked on everything. Discipline went out the window. I went to sleep late, woke up late. Like, these guys are still still going at it. Yeah, major props to them to staying on schedule for at least, what was it, two weeks now? Probably so, like three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, uh, total it's been a month. But, like, since they're the player lockdown, it was, it's been, yeah, two to three weeks. So, yeah, major props to them. But – being a college athlete, I guess that's what you kind of kind of have to go through to keep ready. Do. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully it uh, hopefully it translates onto the court though. Yeah, like freshman fifteen. Oh man, it's more like a quarantine forty-five. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> been, it's been bad for for all parties. I feel like. Yeah, but you know it's good to see that they've been staying ready. They've been grinding away, and we also had another bonus in Brian Antoine. He's coming back. Brian Antoine coming back. Chris, let's hear from Jay. We got Brian back in practice. So um, he actually had a, he had had a couple days of practice before our Marquette game. So I mean, this poor kid, then we come back from Marquette and then we're all, we're in quarantine again. So now he doesn't do anything. Right. So um, 
he practiced, you know, um, he's good. I mean, but basically the guy hasn't played, you know, since September. So we're, we're trying to get him back. Okay, but we'll, yeah. we'll have him, you, you got to have a certain number of scholarship players available. We'll have him available Tuesday. I don't know if we're going to be able to, you know, I don't know how much, you know, at this point it's, it's bodies, you know, he's healthy and he's available. Now I know it started as a freak accident in practice. And, but this just took way longer than I thought it would. But at least it's great to hear that he's going to be back. He's going to be suited up. He's back in practice, getting to the swing of things. Is he, though? From the sounds of it there, he seemed a little, a little pessimistic as to the extent of the playing time, though. It might be just Jay just trying to curtail expectations. Because I remember, too, remember in the offseason where it was like, Oh, Brian Antoine's going to be back. And, you know, we're excited to have him play. But remember, you know, take it easy on him. You know, I think he's just trying to – you know, we're, we're excited. We're excited, but we can't get too excited. Uh, fair point, fair point. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see him play. But, I mean, just, just from Jay's uh, emotion in his voice, it leaves me concerned. It almost seems like they're just dressing him to make sure they hit the scholarship number. <laughs> but We need bodies. The we need just, bodies comment. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, uh, happy he's, he's back and, and doing stuff for sure. I just hopefully uh, hopefully he gets back on the court, but we'll see how that, how that looks. And I don't want to make any judgments yet. Yeah, hopefully he can start playing back to that level that he'd been so known for when he was just such a highly touted recruit coming out of high school. Obviously a lot of speed bumps and injuries along the way, but hopefully, you know, he can just put that behind him. New year, right after COVID pause. I just, you know, wishing the best for him because this guy was just such a beast. And, Chris, we watched the highlights. We, we you know, right in your backyard, New Jersey. And we just want to see him dominate, you know? Just want to see him dominate. Yeah, I mean, how many – how much bad luck has this kid gone through already? I mean, just to see him have, like, one good game would be a real positive thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other good news coming out of quarantine, Ray Patterson, one of the headliners in Villanova's loaded 2021 recruiting class. We talked about that class, like top five, top three, actually, I think in the country, a lot of talented players between Patterson, Longino, Njoku, and Brizzy. But Trey Patterson, the highest ranked of them all, consensus top 40, four-star guy, also from New Jersey, right in Chris's backyard. And he's going to start his college career early. I was not exp- – I, you know, I hear the rumors all the time, and sometimes we have an excited comment section. Or we, we get a little too excited on Twitter, but you can't look into it too much. But once it was official and you saw the statement and the tweet from Trey himself, I got excited. The excitement just continued to build. Yeah, that was huge news. And it was like, what, like on a Friday? Just yeah, like, like I just Friday casually night. dumped it in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a happy weekend, everybody. Just throw this in here. Don't have to deal with the questions. We'll deal with it on Monday. Hopefully everybody forgets it on Monday, though. Yeah, that's that's huge news, dude. Just to have him, like, involved with the system. Like, I, I know he's technically eligible to play, and it'll remain to be seen if he does. Uh, but at least to be involved with the system, practicing with the guys, and getting, you know, schooled up on how everything works a little bit early, does, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. And with this year technically not counting toward eligibility, why not? Exactly. He'll be a super freshman next year. It's just such a win-win. I know here in New York, 
the winter season, the high school basketball season is very much in limbo and it's, you know, the odds of it happening are wavering by the day, just fading out. I don't know what it's like in Jersey, Chris, maybe, you know, but just in Patterson's place or Patterson's spot, you know, I just don't see how you say no. You're here. You have this opportunity to finish high school early, get a head start to your collegiate career. That'll be six months in the system before any of the other freshmen arrive. He'll get to train under Shaq Fit, get used to the system, adjust to college life, and no pressure. Like you said, Chris, the season doesn't count to anybody's eligibility. It's like a bonus year. It counts, but it doesn't count. It's weird. So, (laughs) you know, here he is. He can practice, possibly play. We don't know what that's going to look like because obviously Jay loves his veterans. So now you have a guy who's technically or should be a high school senior. So I don't know how he'll fit into the rotation, but – It'll be great to have him along. Great to give him some development time. Hopefully a little bit of burn, maybe a little sneak peek of what he can do. But huge, huge. Yeah, and this is probably what? like This is the first time I remember anyone doing this on the Villanova side. I mean, I've seen like a bunch of schools do it plenty of times, but this is the first time I remember any Villanova guy doing this. So the, the kind of scene in action, it's kind of like a cool little experiment, see how it works. And just for a tray, you know, I feel like even if you aren't playing or maybe you don't want the minute or maybe you don't get the minutes you envisioned early on, you know, just being in that system itself. I mean, we've seen what guys can do in quote unquote redshirt years or just playing behind someone and kind of developing under the radar. So then when it is their turn in the future, they blow up. Mm-hmm. This it'll be exciting to see what Trey Patterson can do. This is just huge news because obviously just such a talented class, talented senior coming out of Rutgers prep, highly touted coming out of Jersey. Just I don't understand how you don't get excited about this, and it'll be great to have someone else to build onto this already stacked team. Now, Chris, it's been said a little bit, and you know I kind of shook it off in my excitement or you're just kind of counting down the days until the team is finally free from COVID restrictions or COVID lockdown. But is rust a concern? Are you like actually genuinely concerned about that? I think we, we discussed this before. And I, I think the last time I was kind of like a little bit concerned, but that was before I think the second lockdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now, now after this, yeah, it's a little, a little bit of a concern. And, you know, Seton Hall, Pretty solid team, nine and five, whatever. And they always seem to play Villanova very well. So, you know, it just it's gonna be a tough game regardless with Seen Hall, but like just overall, I think it's gonna take a couple games for them to get back into the swing of things. You gotta think that, right? That's just not natural human ability. Like that's just what happens. You gotta, you know, you gotta find your legs with anything you do that you haven't done for a while. And it might take, you know, it might take a half, it might take a game, it might take two games, it might take a whole week, month, you know, you don't know. But I, I do think it's going to be a legit concern, at least right out of the gate. Now that I said that, they'll, pro- they'll hit their first 10 threes and everything will be fine. But <laughs> that's, but I, am, I think it's a legit concern, yes. So what do you have to think about this? Yeah, you know, I'd say I'm, I'm genuinely concerned. But at, at this point, if they hit that 13, you know, at this point, I'm just more concerned about the 13 games. Like before, it was like, oh, 13, that seems like such a low number. Already at eight or nine, like this is going to come before we know it. Now – I, you know, I look in my backyard, Iona went on its third straight COVID-related lockdown. Like, this could happen to anybody. And everybody, I feel like, around the country has dealt with some sort of COVID problem one way or another or for varying amounts of times. Like in the Big East, we have Xavier dealing with them one right now. I think Georgetown as well. At this point, 
yeah, Russ is a problem, but what has always been the goal? Kind of like end game, right? So mm-hmm. maybe it might look a little sloppy in the beginning just because this team hasn't really gotten to practice with each other or it's been, you know, mostly individual workouts or individual drill work or things like that. But hopefully it's just a half, Chris. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they, you know, and then second half comes and then it's like, oh, okay, that's that's the Villanova <laughs> team we know. Right. Yeah, that's that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, it, it's it's just natural for a team to start out slow. Just look at Butler. They came out out of their lockdown. They played Villanova their first game. And they, they looked pretty good to start, but then they faded down the stretch. So I wonder if that's going to be more so the issue. I wonder if it's going to be, you know, maybe they won't look sloppy or they won't look bad shooting the ball, but it's like maybe those late-game situations, they look exhausted, which I believe was one of the questions a couple of weeks ago. It was like, oh, that was like one of the advantages Villanova has because they're in such great shape. And they always seem to be, you know, top fit because of Shaq fit. So I wonder if that might be more so the concern than the actual rust in terms of play and shooting and execution. Yeah, and, and now look at Butler now. They're coming off of a, a huge upset in overtime right. over Creighton. So it's like that team has grown mm-hmm. since then. Right, exactly. So it's it's going to take a couple of games, you would think, at the absolute worst. I mean, if, you know, if it turns into mid-February and we avoided COVID again and they're still playing like uh, crap, then, you know, maybe then that's a problem. But I, I'm, I'm concerned initially, but as long as it's not a constant theme, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, it, it's just a shame because you already know, we've said it before, and even though Miles Powell's not there and Angel Delgado, Carrington, Whitehead, all the quote-unquote villains slash standouts that they have, we already know what the deal is. They don't need a packed house. This is still the Super Bowl this, to Seton Hall. We This is the national championship, the Big East tournament, all in one. So, <laughs> remember out in Rocky, when Rocky is, like, training and he's got the picture of, like, Drago on his mirror? Like, yeah. Mamu has one of Con Gillespie, and he just crumpled it up just now. <laughs> like, this guy's been probably, like, chopping down trees and, and wrestling bears, just ready for this moment. And... It's going to be definitely a tough effort from Seton Hall. I mean, these games are never easy. I'm hoping Villanova can squeeze one out. Sure, Russ might be a thing, but honestly, I'm just more focused on being back and, and getting back in the swing of things. Absolutely. But, yeah, Chris, looking at the Seton Hall team, because we do have to do a little bit of research, just a just a tad bit. Nine and five, like you mentioned earlier. Saju Mamu really Mamu, big – He's looking like – I know some people are like, oh, this guy's going to be an All-American and this and that. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. And then and you saw the work he did during the offseason through quarantine to kind of refine his body, strengthen himself a little bit, look a little leaner. And right now he's having a great season. Chris, there's Mamu. Who else should we watch out for? Give us a little bit of numbers. Don't go too crazy. But how is this team looking? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, they're 9-5 and five to start the year. Their conference schedule has – they've done pretty well in conference play so far. They're 6-2. and two. They were able to beat Marquette, beat Georgetown, beat Xavier, beat Butler, who's looking good, and beat DePaul. They got absolutely crushed by Creighton a couple weeks ago, and they lost a close one to Providence in overtime. So that's where they stand in the Big East. But uh, individually, as you mentioned, Eugene, Mamu, what can else be said about him? Averaging over 18 points a game, seven boards, three assists. He's a do-it-all guy. For them, Jared Ronan's had a really big breakout year so far. Crazy. Uh, crazy to see from him. I mean, he was always kind of a nice little role player for them, but now he's stepped into the limelight with uh, losing pretty much everybody on the team. 
but now he's averaging about 15 and a half points per game, seven boards as a guard. That's pretty crazy. Uh, and he's shooting 46% from the field, 32 from deep. And then Miles Kale, who I've, uh, I say it every time I mention his name, and I was like, oh, wow, he's him and Ma- the Miles brothers. They're going to break out. And then Pyle obviously took off into the stratospheric heights. And Miles Kale kind of fumbled along and, you know, in mediocrity for a little bit. But now he's, he's kind of starting to round out into his own. About 12 points a game. So look out for those uh, three guys because they pretty much do all the scoring for Seton Hall. Um, also to note, I think Bryce Aiken, who we highlighted in the beginning of the year, who would be a big – big part of that Seton Hall offense transferring in from Harvard has uh, I think he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. So if he's out, I mean, probably just gives more credence to Roden and Kale to kind of go do their thing. Yeah, definitely. And even with Aiken so far from what he's shown in his seven games of action, hasn't been too great. I know he's been dealing with some injuries, but hasn't really found his footing yet. And aside from the big three that you mentioned, Chris, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Shavar Reynolds, former walk-on. I mean, everyone likes an underdog story, but now he's a, a full-time guy, leads the team in assists, and he's also a silent sniper from long range. This guy has some clutch onions in him. He's made some big shots before. 48% clip from downtown. Very impressive. Then Ike Obiagu. This guy, seven foot two. 270 pounds, a tree, mountainous man, just standing <laughs> under the basket, doesn't really do anything else, but he'll he'll protect that rim. He's doing a great job so far, averaging three blocks per game, which is pretty crazy. A lot of uh, Romero Gill-type vibes from him, kind of just yeah. the big guy in the center that Seton Hall recruits just to stand there and block everything in sight. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, so, you know, if we lose our assignment, uh, yeah, it's not going to be easy inside. No, 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 whatsoever. He'll get the occasional slam just because he's seven foot two, two. <laughs> yeah, but, but Jer- he's there. He's there for mostly for the defense, for sure. Yeah, J- Jerry's gonna have his uh, workout cut for him down low. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be easy to go inside with that guy. So, Chris, first game back, nearly a month. What are your predictions for tonight? What do you think is gonna happen? Well, I think Villanova gets off to a pretty slow start. I think Seton Hall obviously takes a lead in the halftime, but then I think Villanova rallies, pulls away at the end, and ends up winning this game. I think I think Collins going to have a really nice game. I, I just have that feeling. He's going. He's you could tell he's jumping at the bit to get in, play these games. You know, you know he's all about Villanova basketball and just wanting to play and all that stuff. He's going to go out there and light the world on fire. Also, this game is at Villanova, and I know last year was landing. Seton Hall historically struggles at Villanova. So I I hope to expect uh, more of the same. Yeah, I give this team credit. I mean, I remember we did the uh, early season preview, the preseason preview, and we were like, all right, Mamu, that's it. Everyone else is just okay, but (laughs) got to give credit to Jared Ronan. I mean, this guy is really blown up into that Mm -hmm. second-in-command type, and honestly, I didn't expect anything like this from him. But, you know, shout-outs to him. Chris, I'm with you. I, I, I definitely envision a slow start because, one, it's Villanova, but then that also means they pick it up in the second half. They're going to pick it up, but I think Seen Hall will still make it a game all throughout. I feel like we're never going to be truly comfortable. Maybe I'm leaning into the Russ narrative a little too much, but I think Villanova will pull away with some free throws, but it'll be maybe a little too close for comfort until closing minutes. Yeah, I happen to agree with you there. Any player in particular on Villanova's end that you think will uh, make a big impact in this game? Now, do you want my real answer or what the, the fantasy narrative that I've crafted in my mind? Uh, both, Eugene. 
oh, the fantasy narrative crafted in my mind is Brian Antoine comes in, drops 33, <laughs> sends, you know, Jared Roden into the shadow round with a crazy block or some steal and score. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be like perfect situation. But yeah, first game back, I mean, you got to, I think it starts with your leaders, Chris, and I think I'm going to have to follow shoot with you on that. And I'm going to say Colin Gillespie is, you know, he's going to be key in this one. This team has done a great job of not turning the ball over. And hopefully this you know, hopefully this layoff doesn't impact that smoothness or the way that they've been operating on the court until then, because it's, it's going to be crucial. You can't give a team like this some easy opportunities. So we're going to need our facilitator to take care of the ball like he mm-hmm. did all through December. And hopefully, you know, even though it's been a long time, it's like riding a bike and he'll still be good at running the floor. Your mouth to God's ears, Eugene. Hopefully, hopefully, this game tonight, late one, 9 p.m. tip-off, Fox Sports 1 at Villanova. I'll be staying up. We'll all be staying up. Of course. First game in a while, you got to stay up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, like I said, Chris, this is like a holiday. I've been counting down to this. Woke up today. <laughs> I, I barely slept last night. You know, I've, I've been, like, looking forward to this. And also, just like you said, Chris, I mean, football is great and all, but that's only, you know, on the weekends. Right. Exactly. You need something during the week. I need something need- during the week. And you know, Eugene, you know, Seton Hall fans, they're already getting the narratives going. They're like, oh, of course Villanova has to go on a lockdown so they can prepare for us and only <laughs> us. And oh, of course, or, or the flip side, they're like, oh, uh, of course Villanova comes back against us because they, they think they can beat us, but they, they know they can't. Yeah. We'll beat them. They, yeah. They're already crafting the narrative. So we'll, we'll make sure that doesn't, that's not the case, right? Like I said, Chris, uh, preseason time, I spent some time around some Seton Hall fans, and wow, the uh... – the delusion. <laughs> the, the things that they come up with, I'm just like, wow, you guys really have to, like some sort of like Napoleon complex going on. You're like, wow, you guys are like really jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. On, you know, I love Miles Powell, but, it, you know, I liked right. Angel Delgado back in the day. You know, it's like, I, I mm-hmm. get it, you hate us. <laughs> right. Yeah. The only time <laughs> I, I really, really hated you guys was when Sterling Gibbs hit the, the buzzer beater in the Big East tournament. And then the following year. Punched it, Arch in the head. Yeah. Part, yeah clubbed <laughs> Arch in the face. And then, you know, and then they're acting like he didn't do it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And look, I understand. Every fan base has its uh, delusional people, but it it seems to bring, they seen all fans seem to bring out their worst when it comes against Villanova, but it's all in good fun. We all know it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of going back to that Gibbs incident with Arch, uh, I remember I was at the pavilion for that game. I was sitting covering it right next to a, Prominent reporter who will not be named, but let's just say when he got ejected, this one reporter was uh, he was breaking the press etiquette and uh, clearly thought that he was somehow the victim. I don't know how that worked, <laughs> but uh, <I'm, laughs> you know he was like crying, like, "Oh, why is he getting ejected? This is excessive!" And I'm just like, "Oh my god, the dude just punched him in the face like multiple times." <laughs> Didn't know that, but I'm surprised anybody. I'll tell you who it is off the air, Chris, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to name him. You know, we're not trying to throw shade. We're not trying to get haters. No, 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 no. (laughs) Oh God, no. But that's, that's pretty crazy. I didn't, I did not know that. I mean, even on, you even saw it on TV, like before the replays, I was like, oh, something definitely happened there. And then they showed the replay and it was like, okay, how is he not ejected? (laughs) (laughs) Like, did they, did they show the replay in the arena? And then, and, and then he started going off or was this before? Like, there's no rational person so, otherwise. Yeah, I remember, like, when, when I was got clubbed, I think, like, so many people saw it when it happened. And obviously, you know, you know how it is. When when someone does something bad, this, 
the Nova Nation, the fans, they stand up for their guys, and, and they started booing him immediately. And then once it was confirmed he was ejected, it was cheers, and then more boos as he'd been walked off the, the court. There's no place for that. I mean, I remember that game too. It was a blowout. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was typical, you know, late game antics. It's yeah. a blowout. I can do whatever I want and send the message type thing. But, yeah. But then when this, when this, you know, reporter was uh, going a little ballistic, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm about to break press, press bro etiquette myself. <laughs> Man, gotta, gotta love uh, the press etiquette. This always seems to get broken in situations like that. That was something. But yeah, other than that, I mean, Seton Hall, like we've mentioned, you know, they've obviously hated us. Oh, and, and the other time I was sad was when they beat us in the biggest tournament, but obviously 2016, but we know who won at the end. We know who won. Right. And then see, on, on top of, you know, Seton Hall claiming that they didn't have enough time to adjust to the altitude there in Denver before losing to Gonzaga in the oh, tournament. Oh, yeah. As if, you know, that wasn't a, that was that wasn't the reason a problem for, for Gonzaga, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> only us. Only only Seton Hall players could breathe in the thin air. Whatever. Yeah, that's, that, that's the other thing with this COVID stuff, too. It's like you acknowledge like it's a universal problem. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make <laughs> doesn't make this three three and a half week layoff any easier, right? No, for sure. Chris, quick look at the polls before we move on. Nova is still at number three. We got Creighton; they dropped a little bit after taking that L to Butler in overtime, and UConn back in the mix, right back at it, mm-hmm. hanging out in there towards the bottom, squeaking in at number twenty three. And then, of course, Xavier's in the receiving vote section. So, a little bit of uh, good Big East representation. I know UConn was in it last week. They were 25, and then they moved up a little bit, number 23. So, it's good to see they're back. Uh, just some other observations. Virginia Tech, 16. Texas is down 1 to 5. Kansas is up to their usual stuff where they lose three games and still in the top 10. And, um, tradition. And also, yeah, tradition. It's an annual tradition. And then, also, one other team I'd like to highlight, Alabama. <laughs> Eleven and three. Wonder why. I don't know. Couldn't I? Maybe their point guard's good or something. Like I don't know who plays point guard for them, but that, that's that's good. Good for good for them. I guess they so became a basketball school. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, basketball football team wins the national championship again, and basketball team's like, oh, that's that's enough. I think we uh, I think we want to show ourselves a little bit and uh, prove our worth, and, and they're doing uh... that. That point guard who will not be named like he's Lord Voldemort from the Harry Potter series. He's, he's having a great season. I can't lie. Yeah. I can't yeah. lie. <laughs> I, I, I hope <laughs> I hope he keeps it up. I really do. He's doing great. And I hope, you know, for Villanova's sake, that all the Joe Cremo minutes were really worth it. Oh, <laughs> now we're getting a little bit loaded here. But uh, no, honestly, uh, yeah, no, it is. It is kind of fun to see him kind of take off. I I know it was a little bitter and, you know, there was like some rough patches, but overall, you know, his, his teammates or his former Villanova teammates seem to love him a lot. So they're still supporting him to this day. And I guess it is nice to see him, you know, find a role for himself and, and kind of show out over at Bama, which I guess now is a basketball school. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm rooting for him. He's doing good. Good for him. Yeah. Other than that, Chris, I mean, Top 25, pretty standard stuff. Nothing nothing too crazy, I'd say. No. no. It is pretty funny, though, that Villanova's kind of just stayed at three. I, I would have thought that, like, the Bolsters just would have been like, and eh, they haven't played in a while. Just <laughs> Yeah, it's like, out. all right, first week, it's like, okay, you're on a COVID pause. Second week, okay. And then it's right. like, third week, it's like, come on. <laughs> 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 I thought someone would have had enough by now. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been like a jostling at the top there, like Iowa, Texas, Michigan. They've all kind of been in that three to five range, kind of four to seven range, I should say, trying to get into that three spot. Philadelphia's holding firm. <laughs> They'll play. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. So didn't send out the normal tweet where we asked for questions uh, just because, you know, first day back from a long weekend and a holiday is usually a crazy one. And I know I got to jump on some things this morning. But we got a few questions via DMs and Chris – I'd feel remiss if we didn't take the time to at least answer them for the people because they reached out to us over the weekend. It's been a long time. Had a few questions. Nothing too crazy. Probably would have been more if I had the tweet. Sorry, guys. Next time, we'll be sure to have a full mailbag on Thursday. But, Chris, a couple questions here. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. First question is from Donna. She says, hey, would love to know what your realistic prediction of the season restart is. What will the next five games be? And she also had a question about Trey Patterson, but we talked about that a little bit. Um, just, you know, it would be great to have him. Not so sure we'll see too many minutes right off the bat. But either way, you know, he'll be learning, he'll be growing in the system, and anytime you get a head start, that's great. But going off her question, Chris, uh, she wants to know, in terms of scheduling-wise, what we think is going to happen. I mean, right now we know we have the Seton Hall game tonight and then Providence on Saturday. But after that, <laughs> You know, do you, how do you think the next five games will go? She's a little nervous about the 13-game minimum. I mean, I don't blame her. Right. But uh, do you think everything happens on time? Do you think we schedule in some surprises? <laughs> <laughs> well, the next five games as currently listed are, like you said, home against Seton Hall tonight, then Saturday home against Providence, at Seton Hall on the 30th, then at St. John's on February 3rd, and then home against Xavier on the 7th. Super Bowl Sunday, I believe that is. So hopefully Xavier's out of lockdown, so that should be good. St. John seems to be fine now. So, I mean, I not that I don't think there was ever a problem. It was just that cancellation that they kind of did. So that should be fine. But there's that little gap between the 23rd and the 30th. That's a whole week. Maybe they'll try and slip in a game there or something. Maybe the at-the-Paul game, maybe it gets rescheduled in there. I, I don't know what the Paul schedule is. I'm just – theorizing because I know that it was one of the games that they're trying to make up. So yeah, I think maybe one or two, one game gets kind of thrown in that week gap. Cause I, I severely doubt Villanova is going to want to take another week off or maybe they will. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, you get another week off there after just being locked down for three weeks after playing two games. I don't know if you really want to go through with that, but in terms of like a win loss record, is, would that be viable to kind of predict right now? I mean, I'd say four and one, I think they lose at Seton Hall. That would be pretty much it, assuming everything stays the same and there's no COVID shutdowns. Yeah, I was when I was looking at the schedule as well, that week gap that you pointed out, Chris, definitely stuck out to me. I wouldn't be surprised if Villanova tries to squeeze in two games there just because it'll be such a, a mad dash to the finish here. And if everything holds, you know, they'll, they'll be able to finish January, hit that 13-game minimum to become postseason eligible. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. Obviously, no more no more COVID shutdowns. And ideally, not so many losses or as minimal amount of losses as possible. That week, to me, that week-long gap definitely sticks out as a potential reschedule makeup date time. You know, like, I'm with you, Chris. I, I'm not exactly 100% sure what the other schools are looking like. So let's hear from Jay on how scheduling is going, and let's see what he has to say about it. We're going week by week. Um, so we know this week we're playing Tuesday, Saturday. Um, and really that's about it. I think um, we, we have with, – with Georgetown going down now, 
I think, you know, the Big East is looking at every option that we can possibly have to uh, look at our schedule going forward. How do, you know, do we, do we stay with the same schedule or do we look to um, try to fit people in? I think, I think for us this week, we have Seton Hall and then we have Providence. By the time we get to Providence, at least we can get a couple practices with those guys. Um, and, and everyone's dealt with this, you know, I mean, and, and Georgetown's going to have to deal with it. And it, it, it's not—it's not just the days you're out. It's—it's—it's it's, it's getting the guys going. You know, we've had—we this is our third quarantine. We've had, we've had two injuries coming out of the last two quarantines. Caleb and Eric both got hurt the one day we practiced after the last quarantine. So you got to be careful about that. I think the Big East is looking at that. Um, that's a long-winded answer, but um, that's all we know of right now is Tuesday, Saturday. I'm not too surprised that he says they're taking it week by week, but the fact that he said all we know right now is Seton Hall and Providence this week leads me to believe that they're definitely trying to work something out. He didn't yeah. rule it out. He didn't rule it out. For sure. Uh, it, it's definitely looking that way. And also the at Seton Hall game on the 30th has a time. Everything else is still to be determined. So I think they're still going to get that in at some point, assuming no COVID. So they, they seem pretty confident about those three games. You figure one or two more during that week off, and they've already played nine. So if you get one game in that week stretch, there's your 13. Yep. So you can. this could all be settled by the end of the month, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly think just because they lost so many games during their shutdowns, they go to. And, you know, it, it's going to be crazy rest-wise, but we said, you know, COVID season, kind of going to have to sacrifice that in order to reach that minimum. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, like you said, Chris, I mean, they, they've been sitting out for so long. I, I don't see that. I, I don't know what they're thinking. We don't know. You know, we can't just project that on them. But I highly right. doubt that they would sit out another week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I don't want to project anything on them. But it's just, I don't know. I don't know how they would feel. I mean, maybe they play those two games and they're absolutely gassed. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll take another week off. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> or, yeah, I don't schedule know. Maybe just one, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, if you throw like a Wednesday or Thursday game in there, I mean, I'd see. No problem with that, but we'll see. Yeah, and also just looking at the schedule, that'll be the only week-long gap from now until March. So if there's really a time to make up games and squeeze things in, that's really it. And that, That's it, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like they're working on something. So, Donna, I think ideally these games are going to hold, but I honestly think that we're going to see one, if not two, games added for next week. And then the other question we have is from Yo, it's Wob. Uh, he wants to know how great is Mikhail Bridges? Chris, it's gonna have to be like we're we're breaching on most improved player territory in my eyes. Like this guy is killing it in the NBA, and I know you're not a huge NBA guy, but him and the Suns, man, they've been a nice surprise. Yeah, dude. Look, I know I'm not a big NBA fan, like you said, but I, I'm still, you know, I'm still keeping tabs. Yeah, you still gotta, keeping tabs you gotta on the still, cats. Like, how can you still not? big guys? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Mikhail, probably one of my favorite players to trade for in 2K because he always seems to develop pretty well. So, obviously, took a take a, a couple looks at the Suns every so often, and they're doing they're doing really well. I got, I think I even mentioned when they traded for him back in during their draft episode a couple years ago. I was like, I like what the Suns are building there. I think they got a legit squad, and it's it's starting to come to fruition a little bit. Aiton, Booker, Mikhail, a couple of other pieces that are, are escaping my mind right now, but it, 
it's not a bad team whatsoever. They're looking really good so far. You also got the veteran presence of Chris Paul. I mean, who doesn't want to play with that guy? And he had some great words to say about Mikhail. And honestly, that Suns team, like, I remember when the bubble restart happened over the summer, and then they went on fire and went on that crazy win streak, and people were so excited, and then they just missed the playoffs. It was kind of a letdown there. But to see them kind of pick up from where they left off with guys like Chris Paul and, you know, everyone just improving, it's it's been fun to watch, and especially Mikhail. I mean, like we said, this whatever, <laughs> whatever he does, anything great on defense, it's been fun to watch. But now you're seeing him pick up on the scoring end, and he's just – continues to lock down and it's so great to see those highlights for when he frustrates people like Kawhi or Luka Doncic and it's like yeah this guy can this guy can hang with the best of them. this uh, condor and pterodactyl of a man <laughs> yeah man it's 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 a welcome sight to see because you know even like when he even the past two years when he wasn't putting up numbers people, a lot of Suns fans it seemed like we're still behind him and they're like yeah dude just give him give him time give him time he's still putting together a couple good games here so often and now he's flourishing defensively and offensively. He's shooting 45% from beyond the arc. That's absurd. Absurd. He's got 15 points a game. I did not realize his numbers were that good. Yeah, dude. Wow. Most yeah. improved player, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's happening. Let's start, the, let's start the bandwagon, man. That's, that's awesome. I, I knew he was doing well. I didn't think it was that well. That's great. Yeah, I know it's tough for us East Coasters to stay up because most of the time they're playing at like 9.30, 10 o'clock, or it's it's not nationally televised, so it's a little hard to see. Right. But don't don't sleep on this guy. You definitely, we're going to be watching very closely as the NBA season unfolds, but he's been playing well. The Suns have been playing well, and it's just great to see him flourish and, and enjoy himself out there because – I mean, come on. We can't forget. I know some Sixers fans, and especially the Sixers fans are also Villanova fans. They were dying a little bit on the inside. I don't even think Zaire mm -hmm. Smith is on the team anymore. I know they no. got the draft pick, but, right. you know, it's like you'd rather have him on. Like, that would be so much fun. Yeah, it would be. You know what trade is bad when you say it's bad at the time and then it ends up being even, like, worse than what you thought it would be? Yeah. <laughs> and granted, you know, that pick can turn out to be anything, but – Right now, oh, no. I mean, the guy that he was traded for, not on the team anymore, not looking as great. Uh, no, especially when the Sixers are, like, in win-now mode now and, like, can actually make some noise. Like, how awesome would it be to have a guy who's shooting 45% from beyond the arc and plays great defense? Yeah, and that's would exactly help what they bit. needed. Yeah, Shooting exactly. and D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice. So, and look, and just looking at the Suns roster right now, <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, old friends, uh, Javon Carter of West Virginia fame, uh, Langston Galloway of St. Joe's fame, and Tyshawn Alexander of Creighton fame. So, oh wow, he ended up on that team too. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, neither did I. <laughs> I thought he, I thought he went somewhere else. Yeah, I thought but, he went like G League or something. I, yeah, I guess he got so. Drafted, yeah, yeah, he's he's only played three games, so he might be up and down. I don't have his transaction log in front of me, but he's uh he was on the squad at some point. So, Kale's playing with some. Former friends, I guess. It's it's just awesome. I mean, and wingspan. Heck, you hate on that guy. Go go you, you gadget can't. arms. You can't. You cannot. And by all indications, too, and just from like the few interactions I've had, just a good dude. Just like you know, he can get busy. He can get down to business when he wants to be. But overall, he's mm -hmm. definitely one of the one of the more fun guys. Great person all around. Seems like great basketball player. Living the life. Living the dream. Second leading scorer on the Suns, and the Suns are sitting at what seven and four. Pretty good spot to be. Yeah, and, and I just kind of think back, and Henry Lowe gave me, like, one of the best quotes I'd ever heard from, you know, probably my entire life. And he told me once that 
you know, things don't always turn out the way you expect them to. They turn out better. And just looking at Mikhail's situation, getting traded from your hometown team, that probably felt a little heartbreaking, a little slap to the face. You go to the Suns, which at that time, who knows what was going to happen if they're actually going to be able to actually build themselves up. But here they are, one of the top teams in the West. He's having a great season individually, and overall things are going well. Yeah, just got to play it out. Just the process. Just the process, but in Phoenix, not in Philly. Yeah, it's kind of sad, though. I do like Philly. I I was just like, it's like, come on, how could you, how could you let this guy go? Yeah, the, the Sixers uh kind of goofed on that. But like you said, that pick can be, you never know. The Suns can bottom out and like, like the one, isn't that pick like in like twenty twenty six or something? Like they could bottom out and I think it was like twenty four. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's in the future, significant future. So it's like you know, they could bottom out. And that could be a number one overall pick. But by then, like Embiid's gonna be like on crutches for like for the rest of his life. Like it's it's you you never know. So, like, you might as well have taken that core and tried to win with it, and Mikhail obviously would have helped with that. Big shout-outs to Mikhail Bridges once again. We'll be watching closely every day, honestly. If you haven't already, you know, please be sure to check out our NBA Wildcat Watch Series on viewhoops.com. We kind of track and see what the eight different NBA cats are up to each night from Tuesday through Friday. On Tuesday, we do a little bit of a weekend plus one recap, so you're always getting the updates, always getting the action. Highlights when available, so it's it's a good time. It's a good time, and you get to you get all get updates on all the cats in one place, so it works out. But thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. It's great to be back. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the show. You can do so at View Hoops or look for State of the Nova Nation. You should be able to find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Megaphone, Stitcher, Podbean. You got many many options. Check back, check off, and on ViewHoops.com. Got a preview right now from David Casillo. We got your NBA Wildcat watches. We got some Arisen. We got lots of different things going on. Ryan Bowman will recap and cover the game tonight. So please be sure to check back, check off, and like View Hoops on social media. You can do so at View Hoops. That's good for Twitter and Instagram. Like our page on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. No, Christine, see, I got nothing. Uh, Stay safe, everybody. Nothing to promote, Chris? Nothing. 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 Well, Nova Nation, the Cats are back. Enjoy tonight. Stay up late. Let's hopefully get a win tonight. And it will be onwards and forwards, and we'll be back at it on Thursday. Thank you. Take care, and get pumped. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.